Good evening, and welcome to Karl Marx as the Washing Up, where we ponder like ludicrous metaphysical nonsense in the time it takes to make five Tesco's basic microwave meals, which is around 21 minutes. Uh, yep, yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm Elias Sam. I'm Shai Telly. And today we're going to talk about love. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Love. But anyway, it's, it's the quintessential topic. And it's the topic that I don't even think we've discussed amongst ourselves. Because we're very quick to use the word love, but I, I don't think we've ever discussed what we mean by the word love. Yeah, we only just like refer to love in terms of, like, I don't know. Everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah, I love this tea, I love this chocolate, I love this house, I love this city, I love this girl, I love this girl. We're very quick to use the word love. Yeah. So I'm less quick to use it when it comes to, like, like girls or, like, romantic relationships. Unless it's, like, so fleeting that I just have to say that I'm in love with it. But uh, I think as a poet, surely you'd be more inclined to use the word love yeah. than anything else. Yeah, so I do, like, my poetry always has, like, this, you know, I actually started using the word love a lot in my poetry. But it's not always, like, in reference to a romantic love. It's also maybe... In reference, I basically write these poems where I can either say it's a poem to God or a woman, depending on the situation, whatever suits, right? So what is love, though? So when um, you're using this word, the word love, what are you trying to illustrate? Like a a bond that's stronger than the usual bond or something more grandiose, something that's like uh, unique between the two of you, be it you and God or you and this woman? what What are you illustrating by the word love? I don't know. Like for me, maybe... Uh, unsurprisingly or surprisingly, I uh, have a sort of ridiculous, esoteric, like, <laughs> metaphysical definition of love. Uh, Do tell. Which is basically the same as everything else. I just, like, see it as a synonym for space or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, this omnipresent, energetic force that, like, pervades us all. Yeah. And, like, as humans, we've got to, like, um, access this space. And so this is when we, uh, like we fall in love, we access this space. But love is, to me, this sort of, like... It's like... You know, we said before that, like, uh, time... uh, Like, space is... uh, Time is God, and time is the impermanence of space. Right? And art is the becoming of time. Yeah. So if we say art is, like, the process, space is, like, maybe the medium... Yeah. um, God is the being or the ontology then, like, love is the color, right? So, like, love is the color of God, essentially. That sounds so... Very, like, Bollywood. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) I feel like you need to elaborate more on that statement. So... In the context that we use love, though. Yeah, I just feel like it's another word for... Okay, so, basically, the way I see it is that there's this kind of all-pervading energetic force, omnipresent, la-la-la, whatever... which is like God and so that's love but because it's so like um, vast and we're so finite the way in which we access it um, like because it requires so much of ourselves and we need to give so much energy in order to access this point we do so in like a directional manner in between like individual beings so like me and you get into a state of um, deep love um, and through this like linear interaction, it allows us to blend, like fall into the infinite space. And but, so, but you're implying that those people that don't get a chance to experience deep love can't access this infinite space. No, I think you can. I think you can do it through things like meditation and stuff. Like there's, you can get to that, um, 
But I think you kind of need both that, like that finite and that infinite um, kind of relation to to love in order to get to that deep, like so, totality of love. And which and, think, and when you say the word deep love, what do you mean there? I think it, I think it's all about the self, like disillusion of the self, like uh, kind of losing yourself in another. And I think that's why they say like you fall in love, right? Because it requires this descent, this humility. Like, yeah, you yeah, fall yeah. into another love. person, right? Yeah, yeah into yeah, a yeah. space. You deconstruct. And that's sort of right. space between us. So like, yeah. if we that's really beautiful. Actually, it's a really beautiful sentiment. I never thought about it that way before. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like. You, you um, deconstruct, so I, right? You fall and you deconstruct. But then what do you, you de- what do you come up as? What do you mean? Like, uh, does, if you fall in love with another person and you fall into them, fall into this space, who peels you back together? But why do you need to be back together? Like, you don't need, it's like, you don't need to have, like, that autonomy. But what about if you were to break up, for example, or you were to lose that deep love, would you then, oh, then leave the, de- <laughs> would you then leave the infinite space? Um, I don't know, like, you're still sort of, I think, bound to it, right? But what about but the it's deep like, love it's between... very hard to, but I think the, when you, like, break apart from somebody that you loved or whatever, the pain is not from the love, the pain is from the attachment. They're different things. Yeah, that's true. But what about the love that, you know, our parents have for us? Does that enable them to also access the infinite space? Um... Yeah, yeah, I think I, th- I think it like it, because all these these like um, these sort of finite human relational loves are require like just um, dissolution of the ego, and it requires this descent. It requires this humility, and that is the process that helps us to access that space. Um, but then it's so hard because tied up in all of this comes the attachment and the stuff, and we're like we start defining ourselves based on the other person. Yeah, and our happiness sometimes Experience. comes from the other person. Yeah, yeah. So as, well, at least uh, that's how we see it. Yeah, but for us people like us, we find it quite hard to be humble or hard to have the disillusion of the ego. Is that just because we haven't met the right person or is that because we just don't know what love is? Or is that because we're just not looking for love? Um, I think a lot of the time, like, fear comes into this. Fear right? of what, though? I don't know, whatever it is, fear of like fear losing, of like you said, yeah. like fear of losing or being hurt or um, or the attachment or, or losing an autonom- autonomy or I don't know. A but, lot of these. So then that, that fear prevents that sort of real, like, um, you know, I agree with dissolving that. Dissolving a But you've spoken a lot about how, you know, uh, there are like infinite births taking place within us, infinite rebirths. Like we're constantly changing who we are and constantly becoming a different person, constantly living in a state of flux, right? Yeah. Where we become different people constantly. So why do we need to fall in love to do that? Because you're saying when you fall in love, you deconstruct and you, you have the dissolution of the ego. But you've also said in the past that one can achieve that state without falling in love. Yeah. Like we're just going through that anyway. Well, no, no, no. There's, there's, there's a kind of um, a physical state of being or like, like, laws that govern the universe, which is like maybe this impermanence idea. And then there's like levels in which, uh, degrees to which you are in harmony with this notion. Right. And I think if you're like kind of really in harmony with this notion, then maybe that could be like this idea of like love or dissolution of the ego and stuff like this. And I think they're all kind of coming together. Like this, uh, you know, accepting a sort of reality of time or accepting the reality of the self. 
and accepting like the beauty of another. They're all kind of linked to this idea of like understanding us as individuals um, within the con like as like connected and within the context of a like omnipresent whole. Okay. No, I think I agree with that sentiment. Uh, but I don't know if there's much to add to that. Like it seems to be a very finite definition of love using the infinite space and using God. It doesn't seem to be much wiggle room. It doesn't seem like, it seems like you, you agree with this very strongly. Well, no, I think it's also nonsense. I also think it's complete <laughs> bullshit. Because the thing is, like, the notion of love is such an ineffable thing. And that's why it's so great. And that's why we've got the word that we use. We use love so much for so many things. But, and why we use the word. Because we don't know what the fuck it is. We just know this feels kind of cool. Yeah, 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 let's yeah. call it love. But we've diluted it to such a point, right? Because we use it for everything. Like, I love tea. I love cake. I love... Like, yeah. we overuse it. Yeah, we do. But then there's like, when it comes to um, like these grand experiences that we also call love, we say, but we say love because we don't, we don't, we don't know, like, we don't, we just don't know what it is. We don't, we can't say, you know, yeah, but anything we, precise. Do we still use the word love though, when we want to be that grandiose? Yeah, we do. I guess maybe that's the problem because you can't decipher you can't it. When, when yeah. you say, you know, I love my girlfriend, it was like... Do you love her like the way we love tea or yeah, do you love yeah. her like in the, in the way that you can't imagine yourself without her? So how yeah, do I differentiate I mean, I can't live without us? tea though. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's very true. But maybe we should be looking at different ways to express our love, right? Yeah, sure. So how, how's that? Like? Well, I mean, I'm not saying big romantic gestures and stuff like that, but I'm saying maybe different words that we could use. Um, like, I heart, I heart you? Yeah, uh, like or I, I adore you, maybe? Or... I feel like that's, that's like putting someone on a pedestal though, isn't that? So maybe there is no other word than love, right? But I quite like that then. So like, I don't know, I have a weird sort of uh, relationship with the word love because I kind of think it's like cheesy and horrible and it's also been overused. But then I think there's like, like within that lo- word, there's like some purity. There's this ideal, there's this like existential ideal. There's this romantic ideal. There's this really like very pure poetic. And I've, I've kind of got closer to that, that, like enjoying that cliche recently and like bringing it into like... But how can there be that purity and that like pure essence if you're just using it that much? If you've already said I love X, Y, and Z 10 times that day, how when you really want to say it in its purest form, will it ever mean anything? Well, because you go by the energy and the context rather than just the word. And love is the only word that does that? No, I think think you can say... You could say something else with the same, it's more, I think a lot to do with the energy and the intention and like how it's, you can just say, you can say, I love you. And your girlfriend won't like, uh, make anything of it, but you could say, I love you. And she'll freak out and she's like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Spoken from true experience. Um, true experience. How do you know this is my experience? <laughs> but I just think, uh, yeah, okay, fine. But then, so you know when, uh, when we have, like, normal friends come up to us and say that they're in love... We, wait, when, we wait, I'll stop you there. We don't have normal friends. We don't have any normal friends. We, yeah, no, that's true. But you know what about, you know when people in movies are talking about love, for example, and they're saying... Or even poets, because so many people have tried to define love. Do you think that they're all referring to that infinite space? No, I don't think so. I think they're, they're referring to that like horrible gut feeling that makes you want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> right? But so... I don't know. So I have this idea. I think I told you this idea of the like 
Um, so love has always been like this idea of like um, individual love is initially on a philosophical level really like puzzled me. And I managed to conflate it with this notion of the infinite and stuff. But um, it really puzzled me that it was like, why would we love one person? It just doesn't seem right. Like we should be loving everyone and everything and we should be in harmony with everyone. Um, but then I had this kind of idea that like started perceiving myself like I just like looked from above the world and imagined I was God. <laughs> as I well, I mean, obviously, it's as you do on a daily basis. Obviously. But like, yeah. so if I if we were to like live above and we just like look down on the world and we sort of say, you know, from a very like practical kind of economic point of view, it's like, so I need harmony in this place, right? In this ecology thing that I've made in seven days, and how. How, how, how are we going to do that? Like, how should we try and do this? We want everybody to be loved, right? Yeah. So then the actual, like, one of the most practical ways of doing that is just assuring that one person loves one other person, right? And so if each person loves another person, then everybody will be loved and everybody will experience love and have that sort of, that that sharing, that giving, that that whatever, all that, like, joy will exist to everyone rather than having to get everyone to love everyone and, like... As God, I've got to throw loads of love down there, right? That actually makes a lot of... I feel like we should have started with that statement. We should have started with that statement. It's a very profound statement. Also, we don't really believe in God, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's even more profound statement. <laughs> more important. Okay, so I actually... Um, I found a poem that I wrote, like, after... I told somebody I love them on the phone, but I just said it like at the end of the call and then put down the phone. So I got no response. And then I was sort of left in this kind of, you know, unknown bit because she'd never like said anything back, but I never really gave up the space to say anything back. And it wasn't. Well, why did you anything. hang up the phone so quickly? But, was that like a natural reaction? Was it the I don't end know. Of the it, phone no, it was just like the end. I was just like, okay, bye. I love you. And then. So do you think it meant to come out? Yeah, I don't know. It just came out naturally. And then I was like, do I, I don't even know if I love her. Do, do, do I love her? And, but then I felt like really, you know, and I think a lot of us have this kind of feeling that yeah, you say sure. something and then there's that. It exists in the space. Right? It exists in the space. And, and you can't take it back. Yeah. And you don't know what it's. Um, did you get a message from her or did you message her or was there just a complete uncertainty in that Um, Actually, it was... This wasn't even with a. This wasn't even with. A, this wasn't even with a girl. It was like a with a friend. Oh, that makes it even much more interesting. Yeah, but a friend that's open emotionally. Or Maybe a she was a girl, but it was but like not in yeah, but it was yeah. like weird because we hadn't we hadn't um, spent much time together. We had like a, quite a close friendship, but it wasn't. We hadn't spent so much time together, and that's why this had some sort of weird feeling about it. Yeah. Um, but then. Well, it sounds like it was very off the cuff. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe I was worked up in a state of something else, but then there was this quite, like, real intense energy that I was hit with after that phone call, and I just put it down, and I was just like... I don't know, you get, like... It's like maybe a feeling of almost similar to shame, but it's not shame. It's, like, just a kind of vulnerableness or, like, some judgment or ego thing. I don't know. Yeah, purely... Purely ego, though, right? Well, everything's purely ego. <laughs> like, but I feel like most stuff... I find, like, a lot of things, like, when I look into myself or a lot of things when I look outside or whatever, it's all, like, ego. Yeah, like, it's everything's ego, ego. Like, 
Yeah. Any sort of most response just seems to be based on ego. ego. So then this poem was written in that space, in that uncertain space where you've released the word, but you don't know what it's going to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you and like, but also back. this idea of like, should we should we say these things? Should we express them? Should we hold back from this? Should we like be? But it you know, if you feel it, do you just say it? Or and if you say it, does that mean you feel it? But in your in that instance, it didn't seem like you had any control over saying it. It seems like yeah. you felt it and it just came out. Yeah, like it didn't but you, you've said before it. that you do this a lot, but you yeah. just seem to like perpetually say I love you to everybody or yeah. to yeah, romantic but, relationships. Yeah, but that's because of... I'm trying to manipulate. I don't think I mean it when I say it. Oh, so you're very conscious when you say it. I'm very conscious when I say it. Yeah. Okay, so you never. So if are you saying like if you accidentally say it, then it's coming from that sort of subconscious place, so it has to be genuine. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I don't like the idea that you're subconscious. But I feel like sometimes I'm just like a lot of the time I'll be like maybe lying in bed with a girl or something, and I, like I just want to be close to that person in that moment, and I really yeah. just want to say I love you, but I don't think I have experienced all that intensity or like all this sort of yeah, but then, purity that we caught that we associate to this love or like. But does that not come down to the fact that you know you can love someone in one moment, but it doesn't mean that you will love them. You know, yeah, but a bigger, people don't take it in that. Time. People don't take it in that. But way. then, could you say "I love you" in this moment, or would that still have that grandiose effect? I love you in this moment. I think that's like, yeah, I, that's a really that's kind of nice. I love you in this moment. Yeah, because I feel like we don't savor enough moments, right? We we because see things I, too. I think what that crazy. means to me, if you say "I love you" in this moment, it means. I love how you are in this moment. Like, yeah, but that's what are. it does mean, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, who you are right now, I want to savor that spirit. I want to but savor I feel this like moment. I actually want to say what feels natural to me is I want to just say I love you. Yeah, but when have you? When has that ever stopped you before? When? Why are you... No, I, do, I, I actually do hold back. Really? I've only ever told one girl in my life, like, genuinely, that I love her. Maybe off the cusp. cusp. Was that that phone no, call? No, no, no. Oh, okay, fine. Because that, that doesn't count. Yeah, it was love. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah, yeah but uh, but why? Why are you holding back? Why? Because well, I'm scared that like. Yeah, but in, in every other aspect of your personality, I don't think you hold back when you're with people, right? You're very expressive. You're very emotional. Very intent. So why would you hold back in this moment? Because of the consequences of it. Yeah. And you think, but but why do we judge people based on their words and not their deeds? Like the if you love her, would that not come across? In yeah, your actions, right? but I think people. I think people. We sh- should judge people on their deeds, but the, there's a certain sort of um, uh, tangible tangibility to words, which people ascribe to, and I think this is like, you know, you can always you can always infer doubt into an intangible like action of love, but. When there's words which are quite categorical, I love you, then there's less space for doubt. And people take that more. And I think this is like the biggest problem with like society and everything is we put way too much emphasis on the tangible and not enough on the intangible. Yeah, like the actions, right? Yeah, yeah. But then it's. I mean, actions are tangible as well, but the essence behind the action, which is the true conversation, is intangible. That's very true. But do you not think a lot of it is that, you know, I can go home and say to my friend, she loves me because she told me she loved me. Whereas it would be harder for me to say to you, she loves me, you know, because she because did you this. made a sculpture out of bogeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she did like this, this, and this. 
Yeah. Right? Maybe we need that. Maybe we need those words to explain it to other people rather than. But your story it to of the library. The Hindu library book candle story. Oh that. yeah, that's true love though. I do yeah, think yeah. I do think that's the most most romantic thing anyone's ever done for me. So uh, to provide context, uh, girl I've been dating. Uh, it's coming up to Bali, and she went to a library and she rented a couple of books out on Hinduism. And we're at dinner, and she says, and she gives me a candle because she knows that Diwali is the festival of light, and it's a blue candle because blue is my favorite color. And I, I was floored, right? But that is that love, or is that just a romantic gesture? Well, it's a romantic gesture. It's just a romantic gesture, but it could be from a, from a place of love. Yeah, but what is love but a romantic gesture? Love is far more than a romantic gesture. Not in the way that we're saying. Like, if I love you in that moment, that's just a romantic gesture. Oh, in the, gesture. In the moment. Why does love have to encompass your whole relationship? No, but like you said before, you could, you could do something to manipulate someone. Yeah, but I do that because of people's deception, uh, definition of love. But I think in our definition of love, we actually love people in that moment. Yeah. Do we? Yeah, because we don't... I don't think we preoccupy ourselves with the future. We very much live in the moment. We try and savour the moment. So if I love you in that moment, that doesn't necessarily mean I'll love you a week from now. Yeah, but I fixate on words a lot as well. Like, I'll take them, I'll permanent, make words permanent, even though I, I agree with you and I think everything's ridiculous and other people are ridiculous and we live in a world of, like, populated by lunatics, of which we are kings. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, and, um... And pawns. Kings and pawns, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To our own masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Well, should I read the poem? Wait, yeah, sorry. Read the poem. I, I think it's, uh... It's fascinating as well. It'd be fascinating to see, because that was quite a while ago, right? Yeah. And if you think this poem is still relevant, would still be relevant the next time you say I love you. 21st of the 9th, 2016. 2016? Yeah. It wasn't that Oh, it's like exactly a year ago. Yeah. Well, a year and a month. Yeah. Our exactitude is not exact. Yeah, but we don't believe in time. Yeah, of course not. Um, Should I... Yeah. Should I introduce you in? Or are you ready to get... Uh, yeah, introduce me, sure. I would what, does it have a title? Huh? Um, no. <laughs> of course yeah, not. Of course not. Of but, course uh, not. yeah, I expect a very sort of grandiose... Grandiose introduction? introduction? Yeah, of course. Uh, the Poet Laureate for uh, <laughs> Karl Marx as a washing up, uh, Ilias Kassam, uh, with his poem on uh, the perils of love, or the perils of telling someone you love them. Or the perils of having to listen to a poem. <laughs> I assume our listeners won't listen. No, no, of course not. If, you're, if your dishes are getting dirty, this is maybe the time to <laughs> go wash them. Go okay. for it. I love you. I love you, I love you. I hate the power it has over me and my feeble need to say it, to dramatise my outer existence so I can glorify, my, glorify myself for having lived, having felt, having loved. But I don't know what love is, in concept or thought or skin or bone or flesh. It's an abstract hovering whisper that tricks, lying through the teeth of professed romance. The love is the theatre of the mind's life, the subject of all subjectives, the imaginative imposed upon it itself, revelling in its own stinking fantasies of grandeur. No one loves nothing. No one feels anything. True feeling is nameless. It lives in the eyes of the soul of the world. It is never spoken, never pronounced, never dressed up in a bridled cacophony of white and rose glistening dreams. It is the soil and the earth, the shit that stares up at you, stinking and throwing its pungent facade as it nurtures the soil and gives birth to a thousand distant plants. As the shit procreates, I write, fabricating an elegant abstraction of love, lost in a Greek tragedy of cerebral definition. I have not loved. 
I have not known love. I have said I love you, but I have felt nothing. Merely a desire to love and experience the catharsis of expressing something that does not exist. To say I love you is to be a fiction, and you are, ca- and you are cast as a protagonist, a role Hollywood never offered you. And so you take your popcorn romantic comedies and sculpt the role that su- suits you best. But we are all Brad Pitt spewing like Woody Allen, aching to feel the unfelt. As self-centric spheres spinning in the vortex of our idiosyncrasies, we become each other, craving after the universal, a mutual delusion grounded in an unknown truth. And whilst we don't know love or know what it is, somehow we are it, bound to each other, crocheted through amorous, amorous threads. For in our isolation, when we fabricate romantic tales of dualistic intertwining, Unknowingly, we are playing charades with the universe, and everyone is on our side. For we are not in love, we are love, suspended eternally in an endless sea of rotating infinities. And all I can say is I love you. For I have no will to be silent or desire to be true, just the aching pain that tells me I am alive and motherfucker, I must do something about it. And whether I am in love, or am love, or feel love, or hate love, In all its cliches and delusions, I know only one thing to say. I love you. Because I do. I truly do. And who are you? Who am I? We are the unspoken. The ineffables. The I. And the love of you. That was amazing. That was incredible. I think, uh... Yeah. It's quite an angry tone, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's not. It wasn't. It's not my normal sort of style. But yeah, normally your style is a lot more, a lot like more gentle. Yeah. yeah, a lot more gentle. Well, I was quite like filled with this real like intense intensity. energy. Yeah, yeah. When I wrote it, and I was kind of. I I don't know. I think this is also the hot. I get into these. I sometimes. A lot of the time, I work myself up about. I just have this need to live this like intense theatrical poetic reality. And then just, like, dramatize everything into this, like, this incandescent world. But is that not so what that love is? So that I can make art in response Is to that it? not what love is, though? Love is, like, this flash of emotion. No, I don't think it really is. I think you think it's weird. a constant? Yeah, I think... Well, I think it's, like, this state of balance and this, like, uh, mutuality of uh, giving and receiving in, in which, like, the self dissolves into this uh, sort of space between. Um, and when the linearities of transactional occurrences between cells moves into a cyclical organism between cells. So if we explain that in a bit more detail, so it would be like, you know, when you love someone, oh, when you first start in a relationship, there's giving and there's receiving. But you were talking about when that... when that Yeah, when the self kind of moves outside of, into the space between these two people, and yeah. that lin- linear movement moves into this, like, sort of cyclical thing. So then you, there's no point in which you can actually talk about the moment when you were giving or... So receiving or who was giving and who was receiving. Yeah, you've dissolved yourself, right? Yeah. You just exist in this space now, right? Yeah. You've kind of created a whole new entity. Yeah. And well, the, not... the entity is like, it's a non-entity. It's just the space between us. Yeah, and you're giving, you're not giving to receive anymore, right? You're just giving and receiving. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And and I think what you were talking about, like that real intense, like, but it's that love. power. Yeah, I think that's just like... Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lust. I would say that's lust. 
Actually, which can which can formulate like an attraction and a bound a, a bonding a sort of unity between two people but in order for that to like move into uh, that space of love it has to have like um, there has to be a sort of entanglement of the individuals involved right and yeah. the lust is very directional it's very like you are there and I'm here and I'm lusting towards you whereas, whereas love. the love is like circular and, and like all encompassing yeah right you live together in love and you're in, that in space. love yeah you're in love and then that you're right so when you fall out of love you fall out of this bubble right you fall out of the circle yeah i think so but i well i mean that's the other question like can you actually ever fall out of love or is love this eternal thing right and if you've fallen out of love then was it really love so i disagree with that the question that yeah but uh, so, if, so if we do see love as that energy that exists between two when you are giving and receiving and you're dissolving yourself, then when you do become self-centric again and you stop thinking about the other person and stop giving and receiving, surely that energy will dissipate. Yeah. And you would fall out of love. If that energy doesn't exist anymore, then you're not in love anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm glad that you agree with that. <laughs> um, I'm glad that you agree. Also, I like some of your... Uh, in, if we look in your poem... <laughs> if we look at your poem, you mentioned like the cliche, cliches rather and delusions of love. Yeah. What do they say? <laughs> cliches and delusions of love? Yeah. What about them? Uh, just that how... And like you make a lot of reference to Hollywood and romantic comedies and how you're picking someone to star in your movie, right? But she hasn't asked to be chosen. Yeah. She hasn't asked to be chosen, yeah. Yeah, and that's amazing, right? Yeah, that's such a beautiful concept that uh, can you only love someone that wants to be part of your movie? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, it's very hard to cast somebody when they don't turn up to any... <laughs> but so many people love people that, that are unattainable, right? Like we date people who never turn up to our dates. But but can you fall in love with one? I don't think you can fall. I think it's very hard to just like be in five guys every night, like by yourself and fall in love with this girl in front of you. That isn't that. Yeah, but if it's a hologram, then she's. Yeah, yeah, but when it's a hologram, it's so directional. Because it's lust, saying. right? Because yeah, it's lust. Yeah, but when there's a hologram, you know, like when. For some reason, she's not eating any of the chips. Then you're like, well, this can't be love. <laughs> so uh, a wise man, he's not that wise. And if you do feel like, oh my God, what's this feeling? Like, it must be love. No, it's just indigestion. Because <laughs> you ate all the chips yourself. Yeah, love, maybe love is a bowel movement. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, well, they say, you know, it comes from the gut, right? You know, in the gut, so everything is like... I think essentially gastrointestinal, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I agree with that. So you know, uh, you know how we were. I think if you like viewed out, like zoomed out of the cosmos and you just looked at it, it would be very similar to a colon. Based on what? And how? Based on nothing. 